on the clock, yeah. Tommy boxes in a pair of polo socks. Yeah. Cocky in his bitch, check us like I'm Johnny. Hey everybody, welcome to the Come On Dude podcast. This is our pilot episode. I'm here with Zach. What's up? And then we are also introducing another co-host that would like to join us. Uh, this is Dylan Booby Scherf. Appreciate it. Uh, Booby is another member of the actual league that we are in called Boom Goes the Dynamite. So um, let's get started here right away. This league um, has been going on for eight years. Now, myself, Mitchell, I've only been in it for three years. However, Zach and Booby have been a part of it for eight total years when it started in 2014. So what we're going to kind of do today is go over each manager or organization and then kind of their accolades. And then after that, we're going to get into some more in-depth stuff. The first player or organization we want to go over is Jordan. Um, he is an OG. He is here for eight years, and he's also our commissioner. So our commissioner's record in those total eight years is 52-51-2. He has one championship, four playoff appearances, and he's had four top three finishes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's um, actually the most in league history. He has four. I don't think anybody has more than three. And only one person has more than – oh, I guess a couple have more than two. But, yeah. Are you talking about top three finishes? Yeah, he's got four top three finishes. Yeah, no one cares about that. I mean, that's pretty impressive considering he's been to the playoffs four times. I mean, that's still a lot for four years. I know, but <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> okay, dude. Um, Joel is the next one. He's our another OG member. Started in 2014. He actually has the best record in the league uh, at 68 and 37. He's got one championship. He's made the playoffs seven out of eight years, and he's had three top three finishes. Arguably one of the better players in the league. So, Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, you, if you're looking at the statistics, you could definitely make a strong argument for either the best or one of the best. No, it's, he's the best. Okay, like yes, I'm agreeing, but like we're gonna, you're gonna see here in a little bit, like seven playoff appearances, like that's gonna become a huge factor in our question later on in the episode. So, we'll see how valuable a playoff experience actually is. So, another OG member is Liam. Um, in his eight years, he is 56 and 49, with three playoff appearances and one top three finish. You know, uh, I feel like he's always sneaky every year. Um, he seems to just kind of sneak in the back end of the playoffs. I mean, his record says that he's most of the time a winning record every year. Yeah, but he's but, only been there three times. Yeah, but it's like, it's weird. Like, I feel like he's just always, he's never been like at the bottom, bottom of the league. It feels like I'd have to go look. I can go look real quick and see what his worst finish ever is. But I can get back to you in a second. I mean, Zach, you've been in it for eight years. Do you remember Liam ever being... Towards the bottom? I mean, there's definitely a select few that you just know you're probably going to get an easy win on, and Jones is just not one of them. So he's not one of them, you're saying? No, he, he's, he's a tough out. So what's with the three playoff appearances? Because I'm pretty sure the three years I've been in it, he's only been in it once. Look, man, so. some, some teams, some organizations are just built different and find a way to get into the big games when it counts. But I'm saying he's not. He's only had three playoff appearances in eight years. Yeah, he's a regular season dog. 
Okay, so he's not a threat in the playoffs is what we're saying. Um, I've never had an issue. And that could be because I'm pretty sure last year he, like, forgot to set his lineup. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, the Tony Pollard gate was a pretty big deal. <laughs> hard, to, hard to let that one slide again. Jones has got a controversial side to him when it comes to the playoffs. Seeing a year that he finished 10th, but that was the year where eight teams in the league were either seven and six or six and seven. So but, like, I mean, that kind of isn't a year to count. Kind of it, a mulligan. That's happened several times in our league. So, like, overall, it is competitive. Like, I would say there's a lot of fantasy managers in this league that consistently put up good seasons rather than just complete dumpster fires. I would agree for the three years that I've been here, at least. Our next guy is going to be Reed. He's also an OG member back in 2014. Um, in his eight years, he's 54, 49, and two. He has one championship, four playoff appearances, and two top three finishes. Reed's a good player. Um, he scores. I mean, I, I always see him scoring. So. He, he takes a route that's a lot different than us the last couple of years, which is the, obviously the he loads up on the on the receivers and the tight ends, and sometimes he can run into trouble in his backfield. But other than that, I mean, it's worked out for him more often than not. Um, I'm pretty sure he didn't finish too well last season. I think he kind of fell apart towards the back end. But um, other than that, I mean, he's very respectable in this league, and he's had a, he's had a quite a few good finishes. I got to say, uh, Reed's – probably the one team that you're probably going to score the most points out of the whole season <laughs> on. Um, he's a lot of close games, but I do agree. He's a big receiver tight end guy and he's definitely a threat and it's always uncomfortable when you play him, but you just, I tend to beat him almost every time. And I put up the most points. I say it's uncomfortable. I mean, I, he's taken the most tight ends since I've been here in the three years only, but he does love tight ends and it's always oh, in the first round. It. He's it's always in the first round, and I just could never bring myself to do that. Yeah, he, he never has a bad team. It's just people score on him. That's, that's his problem. So our next OG member is one of our co-hosts. It's Zach, otherwise known as Zabo. Um, his record is 54-49-2, the same as Reed. He has six playoff appearances, though, and one top three finish. However, no championship. Yeah, you know, I've I've tend to get the short end of the straw when it comes to the playoffs, but I'm there every year, so I'm you pretty definitely, happy about it. You definitely give yourself that short straw, thinking Cordero Patterson is like LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, if you actually paid attention to players that matter in the playoffs, uh, Darren Waller missed the end of the season, so it's all right though. I mean, you probably didn't, probably weren't trying to look at that roster lineup probably too much after I beat you in the first round. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> God, Booby, you've been in this longer. Like, how has Zach been in the early years? Zach, I just feel like I feel like you have your players that you circle before the draft, and no matter, I respect this about you. You ride and die with them. Like, I feel like last year, Miles Gaskin was a guy that I think you actually moved him late on in the year. But I just feel like you have these like array of players that are like just your guys, and you go like sometimes you'll reach in the draft for them, but. Obviously, six playoff appearances in eight years, like, I can't really talk too much shit about your drafting strategy and whatnot. I mean, you seem to be putting together good season after good season, so. I mean, I'd argue that that one top three finish, I mean, you get in, but you just bounce right out. Oh, yeah, I beat you in the first one. Let's just shut up. Who cares? But you still only have one top three finish. 
Not I mean, if I do recall, I'm pretty sure you just said that playoff appearances didn't matter to start this off, Zach. But I said top three didn't just really matter, attention. just because things get weird. You know, things get weird in the playoffs. You just got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So, so we're saying top three isn't a big thing, but playoff appearances are. Hey, man, some people might be okay at third place. I'm not, and I haven't won a ship, so it's kind of it's hard to. But you're get okay excited. with fifth place. If I don't win, Mitch, I don't care. I mean, fair, fair. But, like, how are you going to argue your six playoff appearances later down in the episode, but, like, one top three finish? I, I don't need to argue. I got the stats. They speak for themselves. What's the – okay, come, we'll get come there. Come the end of the year, I'll be in the playoffs. We'll, we'll Okay, we'll get there, but you're you're probably getting bounced is what the stats are showing, too. So. Hey, man, anything can happen. OG member is Dylan Booby Scherf. Uh, his record is a 52 and 53 in eight years. He has one championship, three playoff appearances, two top three finishes. However, he has the only undefeated season in league history. Yeah, you know, a lot of that was partially luck and some of it was managing. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at my three playoff appearances and Honestly, didn't even know it was that low. It kind of shocks me, but I mean, my last two years have been pretty dreadful to look at. But other than that, I mean, I feel like I put together some good teams over the years. But at least I've gotten it done. Like honestly, that helps me sleep better at night. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I mean, Zach, you like you said, you've been here longer. How was he in the early years? Because I've only seen the movie. I came right after the year he went undefeated and then i don't think he's had a great year he's had an okay year and then two like pretty poor years actually but before that you obviously had to do good all right so dylan is a below 500 player while having an undefeated season so i think that should speak volumes in itself and i think booby recognizes that um you know if if there's anything booby's got for him it's passion he's always gonna really (laughs) it's probably like one of those waiver wire warriors. Like he's probably always on. He knows everything about the league. It's just the kids just had some bad luck. And, you know, he, he got the Cinderella season with the McCaffrey trade from Nick that I don't think he'll ever let down. And without that season, it could have been really ugly for Booby's record. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I'm looking here and I was, uh, I bet I'm nine and 18 the last two years. And I mean, that's going to that's gonna take a big hit looking at record-wise. I mean, before that, I mean, I feel like I was pretty competitive early on in the league. I mean, there's a seventh-place finish here, which isn't ideal, and then you got a fourth here. So, I mean, decent. The year I lost it all, I had the most points in the league, yet somehow had the most points in the league against and lost it all. So, I mean, like you said, to repeat on, like, feel like I've had a fair share of bad luck the last three years, but I don't know. It doesn't matter once you turn the page and you got a brand new season around and I'm, I'm ready to go. That's also something you can't like bring into these stats is like your points per game. I mean, we all know who scores, obviously read scores that one year booby you, you lost, but like you literally had one of the top point performances. And like, even last year, like Joel was blowing people out of the water, right. And his record was great. And he ended up winning it. Yet I was second in points, like less than 100 points back from him. But I was not even anywhere near the playoffs. So, I mean, you can't bring that into account when you're talking about this because it's hard to, like, 
put that as a stat, but like if you're gonna score, you usually pick good players. It just depends on how you're playing. That's the rest of our OG members um, from the league. Those are all 2014 joinees, and they're still with the league today. Um, the rest of the league are additions. Uh, we'll give you the year that they came into the league and then how many years they have. So some of these records are going to be a little bit lower, um, but just take into account their win percentage is probably what I would say. Um, so the first one's going to be Levi. He joined in 2015, so he's been around for seven years. Um, his record is 40 and 52 with two playoff appearances and one top three finish. Levi last year, his team was super dangerous, I have to say. But I feel like he was kind of rough out of the gate when he joined the league. Um, that's just my opinion. I don't, I can't even, I, I don't have it in front of me currently, but I feel like he finished towards the bottom of the league like the first couple of years. I could be totally wrong, but. I just uh, I didn't recently start to respect him the way I do now, until this past couple seasons. Yeah, I mean, he's an under five hundred player again. Um, every time me and Levi have talked about a trade, it for some reason never goes through, and then his players do better than mine. So he has better players than me, off of like when we try to trade. But he just, you know, I just think the hot dookies just. They've had a little bit of rough luck the past couple of years. Well, I'll say that. Like, he had his team name was something else, and then he changed it to the Hot Dookies, and his team was like three and seven, and then he just caught fire. I mean, he was blowing everybody out of the water. So, Levi, if I were you, I'd stick with the Hot Dookies name, honestly. <laughs> Moving on to our next player, uh, it's Nick. He joined in 2015 as well. In his seven years, he's 48 and 44 with five playoff appearances. Yet zero top three finishes. He is actually the only player in the league to not have a top three finish. Now, yes, does it matter? Yes or no? He's getting into the playoffs, but he, he can't advance. So, I mean, that's going to say something for itself. I mean, he said it in the chat earlier. He's like, my mediocrity could hurt me. I mean, you're 48 and 44, so you're above 500, but five player appearances, zero top threes. That's pretty mediocre. Mitch, you're probably not the best one to talk about playoff performance and being mediocre, but uh, okay, I do dude agree. me one he, time. Uh, he has not been in the top three, even though I don't really think that matters because weird things happen in the playoffs. He's been in there five times out of eight, or no, out of seven, five out of seven. So he's only missed the playoffs twice. It's pretty solid. He's over 500. I mean, I always think Nick's a little bit of a challenge. He's, I'd say he's over the middle. Yeah, I mean, I, I – I always have battles against Nick. I feel like he definitely knows exactly what he's doing. Um, every time I negotiate trades with him, other than the McCaffrey one, I mean, in a way, I don't blame him for that because I was looking at different things than he was probably looking at, and he was getting back a top three draft pick from that year. Actually, I think I took David Johnson one. But um, it was just, I feel like every time I negotiate with him, our asking prices are pretty similar know exactly our players' values. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, every time I go up against him, it seems like it's a battle. It's always a close contest, and he usually rounds out a really good team. I think he ran into some injury problems this past year, but other than he, that, he's very His good. team also scores. I mean, I will say that every time I play him, I got to worry about am I going to score enough points. I mean, there's some teams you play and you look at them, you're like, okay, I got to get over, like, 110, and you'll probably win, like, Nick scores. I will say that I'll give that to him. So, 
Our next player um, joined in 2016. This is Verts, Matt Verts. He's been around for six years. His record is 38 and 41 with two playoff appearances and one top three finish. I mean, this is probably the tight end lover more than Reed of the league. Um, even though he traded away his tight end the first round after week three, I think it was something pathetic like that. Didn't he start two tight ends for multiple games? <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, I mean... I've never, I've truly never seen anyone hold on to a backup tight end more <laughs> in my life than Matt Verts. Um, his trade <laughs> logic is really tough. It's really tough to put into words because he doesn't know what he's doing. There is no words. It's um, horrible. His his draft logic sends some people to career-earning injuries and Chris Carson. Um, I'm really worried to see who he reaches on this year. I think that, I mean, you know, you guys kind of covered the basics, but hopefully that us saying this and him hearing it over and over again is giving him some new new life this year and can rejuvenate his uh, his mind and his strategies going into the draft. And hopefully during the season we get a more competitive uh, trade partner that uh, – doesn't screw things up for other people. I mean, he's yeah. been around for six years, so I've only seen the past three. How was he when he first joined? I mean, was he the same way? His record's 38 and 41. Just kind of feels like he's always been a guy that I can go to and get a trade done. Not saying that it's always worked out in my favor, but I feel like I can ask for what I want and wiggle my way around it in a way. Um, that's just my thoughts. Yeah, I, I can't say Verts is an easy one to trade with the way he values his tight ends. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Verts, yes. Verts' trades, I don't think I've made them with him because sometimes he offers is just isn't good. But, like, I have the same problem with Zabo, too. Like, he'll offer me one running back and then three backups on his bench for, like, my best starter and be like, dude, this 10 points a game times four people is 40 points. So you got to give me a guy worth 25. Like, it's not how it works. It shocks me that you say, Zach, that he's hard to trade with because I feel like compared to the rest of the league, you look at our league and I feel like, a majority of our league is pretty afraid to make moves and make trades. Um, but for me, like, Burt has been a trade partner a lot of the years that he's been in the league with me. So I'm just, I can't relate with you on that one. I think yeah. the afraidness comes from the collusion police, a.k.a. Adam Berg, but we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> our next member is Lang. We won't say his first name because he doesn't, doesn't never goes by it. He's just laying. Um, he's been around for six years, joined in 2016 as well. His record is 29 and 50, uh, the lowest of any player. However, he does have one championship, one playoff appearance, and one top three. So that's all the same playoffs, and that was against yourself, truly me. I really think Lang would be viewed a lot worse, even though he's viewed pretty poorly as is without that championship. Um, there was there was a little stretch where we almost had to name the garbage bowl after him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I I think I think he can. The only way he can go is up. I mean, he's bottom of the league. You gotta well, expect I'll... some sort of like you get. You gotta think that he's gonna turn it around. Like just all time. Yeah. You gotta start putting together respectable seasons. I know the kid knows football and like knows. Like, I just don't – I think he's another guy that's really afraid to make moves during the year. And I think he hesitates a lot, and it can just get him into some trouble. I mean, I'll say this. When I first joined, 
I mean, I think Lang had the last pick two or three years in a row. I mean, that's already a problem that I won't bring up later. But, like, it's hard to fault him on that when you have the last pick. I'm not saying the last pick is horrible, but, like, having it two or three years in a row is just, like, kind of demoralizing. So when you, like, literally lose and you do the punishment in Madison, then the next year they're like, yeah, you have the last pick again. It's kind of just like, really, man, why are we doing this? So, like, I could cut him a little slack there, and I guess, like, I do have to, like, acknowledge he did beat me in the championship. I mean, Kamara had 7,500 points. If he doesn't have that, I win. I have a championship under my belt. But but you I don't. don't. I don't. Yeah. So, I mean, neither, do you, <laughs> neither do you, Zabble, So You're right. You're right. The next member is going to be myself. Um, I joined in 2019. Uh, my record is 24 and 16 in three years. Uh, like I just mentioned, I don't have a championship, but I was a runner up. No one cares. You really put runner up on here. We didn't do that for anybody else. I know. I had to. Because no one cares. Like, I know. <laughs> but like, if literally Kamara doesn't have 65 points, I, I have a championship and I'm right yeah. there. No Sucks that he did, though. One top three finished. I'm not sure if I said that. I mean, I've loved being in this league. It's awesome. So, I don't think anybody thinks it's not awesome, but yeah. I mean, it can get pretty heated. You can you create fantasy foes. There's people I in think... this league that I don't like purely fantasy purposes. Everybody in this league is a gracious and wonderful human being. So, I, I do need to go give... on that side. I do need to give Mitch some props, though. I mean, year in and year out, he's got the best rookie receiver. Um, I don't know who it's going to be this year, but I really hope he drafts Drake London because I like him. I've got my eyes set on someone, and we'll see if they pan out. So Probably will. And final member to go over league review is Berg. Um, he is 25 and 15 in three years, joining 2019 the same year I did. He's got two playoff appearances, two top three finishes, and one championship. He's a good player. Um, I really appreciate his playoff flair and chirping. I mean, that picture of the Aaron Jones stiff arm with his face cut out and Jordan's <laughs> face cut out is an all-timer. Um, we, need, we need a lot more chirping in this league, so I hope this podcast gets that going. Yeah, nothing. I don't, I don't really need to go deep on this one. Berg's a good player. Respect him. I mean, I think, I think his trade logic can be brutal at times because he tries to get super into it when – He's trying to talk you into something you don't want to do. He's good at that. But in terms of fantasy, I mean, I think the only player he's really got under his belt is probably Burtz. So I want to say this. I was looking at the stats when we were putting all this together. In the three years, he's had two playoff appearances, two top three finishes. So when he makes it, he's doing well. He's got a championship. The one year he had where he was three and 10. So he's literally been 22 and three those other years. Wow. Which is kind of impressive. Yeah. Small sample size, I will say that. Small sample size, 100%. And, like, myself included, we're only here for three years. But, like, that's a pretty good run if you look at it from Berg. So, yeah, Berg's in good hands. So, earlier in the chat over this past week, we kind of introduced a podcast to everybody, and I'm pretty sure they all loved it. And then we proposed a question to everybody. Um, the question was, who is the worst fantasy football player in our league? All right, I'm not here to talk shit about anybody. Um, I respect you guys all in your own individual ways for how you guys scheme things and how you manage your lineups each week and the way you guys play. So I respect all of you guys. I don't think there is a bad fantasy football player in our league. 
Um, we're all so competitive and we're all so dialed in all the time that we know what the fuck is going on. Um, but this year, there's a new me. The rubber's hitting the road. I'm biting kneecaps. I'm, I'm coming and I'm ready. And it's full steam ahead. Um, also, so that's my prediction. I'm going undefeated, winning the championship. It's cake work. Also, this pre-Cows playoff game against the Sizzlers. Uh, my official prediction is Cows 24, Sizzlers 12. That's it, folks. Cows and six. Uh, and go piss puppies. So I'm not really sure what all that extracurricular stuff was. Did, I mean, did he admit he was the worst? Is yeah, that basically. What I, got out of that? I count that as a he's the worst. <laughs> I don't think he said a name. So No, he didn't. So, like, he kind of just was like, I don't want to say it's me, but I'm a skater. <laughs> Is that what we're calling this right here? So Virch just admittingly saying it's him because he doesn't want to call someone else out. With it's, either, fear that... it's either that or he was just drunk and didn't understand the prop. When I was making my list and whatnot, like it's pretty hard to pick a bad fancy football player. Um, when you hear Nick's up here in a little bit, I think it makes the most sense. That maybe I don't agree with his pick, but like what he says in the beginning, we'll kind of go over that. But I don't think anyone necessarily is bad because we just went over records and how many times did we say someone had a bad break? I mean, it happens to the best of us. Booby went undefeated and then loses two years in a row with scoring a lot of points, right? So, The worst player in our fantasy football league has to be Verts. <laughs> <laughs> is he wrong? I'm not going to get to my opinion yet. I'll just say that <laughs> right. the end. I have a feeling he's going to have a popular opinion. <laughs> I mean, Reeds was the shortest out of all of the audio messages sent. Just got straight to the point. So if we're talking about worst fantasy football player in our league, I mean, it's pretty going to be a pretty common answer for most people. And, you know, they're going to come at Burt's, which I don't disagree at all. But I'm going to have to go with Zabo. I'm going to have to go with Zabo because his stubbornness on players that you know, quite frankly, aren't even good. But he just thinks they're good and they'll do good sometimes. So that's my final answer. Book it. Wow. Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised. Uh, Joel talking around, what we were really asking was who's the worst. I mean, was that question open-ended to not be like worst record rise? Or is it just who they think is a bad fantasy footballer? I'd say who they think is the worst fantasy footballer because you can you can have some seasons where things break your way as well. I know we've been talking about how they break the other way, but I'm actually happy that he at least brought up the point that I was making when we introduced your team earlier about the players that you just circle your eye on and you just love them for just like you love them unconditionally for no reason. No reason at all. Yeah, I mean, Cordero Patterson was a top five finish this year and got me to the playoffs and got me a playoff win. Well, this so. last draft, you took Miles Gaskin, and who was the other running back that oh, – God, I cannot I took remember. Mike Davis in the fourth. Mike was Davis. It? Oh, yep. trash. And then I handcuffed Cordero, and the rest is history. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he likes J.D. McKissick, trash. He likes Philip Lindsay, who's absolute garbage. I mean, you could go down the list and name a bunch of people that Zach loves for no reason, and every once in a while they do good, and then he'll never let you forget about it. Ever. Yeah, especially when I beat you in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the kid, the kid wins one time in the playoffs, and he's got to let me know. This is my third, fourth time trying this. Uh, when I think about who the worst player in the league is, my brain immediately jumps to Verts. You know, it's the drafting Chris Carson in the second round, third round. 
It's the awful trades week one. It's the lack of confidence in his picks. It's having Dolan help him. But the more I think about it, fantasy football is more so just a lot of luck. It's not – there's definitely skill involved, but it's more luck than you'd think. And it takes paying attention. And if you want to talk about paying attention, Liam's just the worst player in our league. Uh, last year he drafted Gardner Minshew. Uh, he drafted Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley back-to-back. Same team, Buffalo Bills. And the prior year, what was the deal with the Tony Pollard? He wasn't going to play or he didn't even put him in his lineup, and he cost himself a chance at the championship. So it's not like Liam's a dumb guy. It's just he doesn't pay attention, and you got to know who you're putting in if you want to win the game. So sorry, Liam, but it's you. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of good points there. I mean, that just the reminded playoff. me. That just reminded me of the point of Lang's one championship. Would have never happened had Liam simply that morning put Tony Pollard in his lineup. I don't know who oh. he would have replaced, but that person was literally out. Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is out, and he didn't replace him. Yep. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. That makes my loss to him even hurt more. That's tough. It's tough stuff. It's tough business. But this might be my favorite answer. And then disregarding who the player was, you said, which was Liam, but, like, everything in the beginning of that was, like, how are we saying who's the worst, right? Kind of like Zach said, this is an open-ended question. Zach looks at it as stats in your record. You know, Joel looked at it a different way. Nick's looking at it this way. I mean, it's kind of interesting to see how everyone's looking at it because when Nick sent this in, I kind of thought to myself again, like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Like, because I've been on both sides of it where you score a lot and don't win and you score 85 points and you win 85 to 75. So, like, it really depends on who you're playing. As long as you're paying attention and – putting the best players that you have to your availability in there, I think you're going to be kind of towards the middle of the pack and not be in the conversation. You know, I would like to choose all of you, but, you know, I respect some of my members in the Champions League. So, you know, half the league are, you know, or I should say have been winners so far. So I will not disrespect their uh, franchises and organizations to that extent. Uh, This person, however, has been an OG member, um, been around for years here and is still ringless. This guy has taken a kicker in the sixth round under his belt. Um, loving kick returning specialist turned running back slash receivers on a shitty team. Um, also under his belt. Another thing under his belt, uh, personally to me, last year he told me that I had, quote, no wide receiver depth. Yes, I do have receipts to this. Um, that uh, Terry McLaurin being my wide receiver four, um, he had Robbie Anderson as his wide receiver three. He told me he had no wide receiver depth. Um, so, Zabo, um, you are ringless. You've been here a while. So, uh, step it up, buddy. Yeah, I think uh, we kind of just hit the uh, nail on the head by saying how Lang probably shouldn't have a championship ring. So, I'm just going to kind of disregard about half of what he just said. Also, going with the recency <laughs> bias about the Cordell Patterson. I mean, we're talking about a top five running back last year, and it was, it was just the steal of the waiver wire. So I'm happy with my decision last year, and, you know, it is what it is. I mean, are we going to get into the sixth-round kicker for a second? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, that was a huge deal. I, yeah, I lit you up for that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I still made the playoffs that year, though. So, I mean, what does that say about all the other guys who took someone else in the sixth round in a different position, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm going to say you didn't make it far in the playoffs considering your top three finishes, but we, we only take participation trophies over here, so. Yeah, I mean, you are pretty good at taking them too, Mitch. <laughs> Yeah, I can't relate. Next one. 
This is le- no. You know what? No, hold on, <laughs> because this this guy like everybody like has uh, how many does Zach have? Three, two. What votes for worst player, worst fancy player? Yeah, and and both of them have been off of stubbornness towards players not actually being bad, but also like. If you're so stubborn towards these players and just making the playoffs and not getting there, I mean, I think they have a pretty good argument. What do you mean? Just that, like, you harp on these guys, and, like, you could ask anybody in the league, and they're like, yeah, they're not going to win you a championship. And you're like, well, they'll get me to the playoffs. Like, is your mindset only to make the playoffs? Because then it gets weird in the playoffs? Is that what you think? So, so everyone's mindset should be to make the playoffs. So, I don't know where you're going with that. But also, um, my – my chances of winning the ship were tainted when Darren Waller got down. So I didn't even think I was going to win a playoff game, but I did against you. You know, I had Joel also by the ring or two of Tyree Kilwin to drop three points. I think Tyree Kill need to get 15 for me to be in the championship. So that'll be something me and Joel will talk about next time I see him. But I'm saying like, every, like these people keep bringing up how you harp on these players. And Dylan kind of was like, yeah, I applaud you for it. You have your guys circled, but like, do you firmly believe those guys you're circling are going to win you a championship? Did I firmly believe Cordero would win me a championship last year as a top five running back? Yes. I think if you ask anybody else in the league, they'd say no. Okay. A top five running back won't give you a good chance to win a championship. That's a really hot take, in my opinion. <sighs> I can't believe that I'm being harassed so hard to answer such an obvious, obvious question. The worst fancy player in our league is Mitch Hennis. Undoubtedly, the worst. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I can't. I'm not surprised at all with his answer. So that's all. I don't really have anything for that. But what what doesn't surprise you? So like, obviously, you're thinking I'm down there for what? Well, you, you were, weren't you just saying how, like, making the playoffs is a participation trophy? I'm saying that's what you think it is. Like, you, no, you're happy with I just don't. making the playoffs. Like, you're happy with just making the playoffs. I, I don't know where you got that. But, uh, no, I respect Chones' answer. I see where he's coming from. What do you – okay, but, like, how? He didn't really give any context, so that's why I'm asking. Oh, I just, I just feel like every time I verse you, I'm going to win. Really? That's where I'm coming from. From the one time you beat me in the playoffs, and I think I beat you twice in the regular season? Mitch, I don't know what to tell you. I win the games that matter against you, and I just remember them more. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you gave a little context, maybe we could talk about it. But, I mean, my if, according to Zach, my record is the second best in the league, so I'm the second best player. Small sample size or not, I have a 62 win percentage. Joel has a 64 win percentage. Pretty sure Berg is a better win percentage than you, but we're Sorry, not third. Third, we're not, third. We're not he's reading one more win. That right now. He's one more win. But like, if we're going off Zach's logic, where's where's Booby's take on this? I mean, I'm looking at the league history right now, and I mean, I see a four and nine year. But I mean, if he's been in here three years, that means the two other years or three other years, he's been pretty good. So I, I will say, every time I face Jones, it's always in the first week, and then it's, it get, it gets weird. So what? have you ever heard of the name Sammy Watkins? Yeah. This is the best first week player ever. I'm pretty sure the first year I played, Liam had him and he had like 32. And then I took him the second year and played Liam again. He had like 35. So it's just literally the first week player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's Packers wild. legend. 
I think the only way you can question, accurately answer this question is who feels least secure in their role in the league, and I think the simple answer to that is Matthew Vertz, so I'll have to go with him. Um, there are a few other you know, organizations top to bottom that aren't exactly you know, thrilling, entertaining. Uh, I think you look at Zabo and Levi, more times than not, they're, they're going to be in that bottom half. Um, but yeah, I think it just comes down to a guy who, who knows, knows it's not all there and really has never been, you know, we've had to make rules, you know, based on some of the things this guy's tried to do in the league. So I think it's gotta be Verts. I mean, Zabo, your name's been thrown in the bottom half of half of the league a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, initially with people not knowing the stats that I've made the playoffs, uh, more than pretty much everyone besides Joel, when it, it actually is everyone besides Joel. But uh, I think what I did this last playoffs was be the only one that chirped. And Mitch, you did partake in that as well. But Jordan, I remember, said I painted a target on my back and became the villain of the league, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I just think that you rub people the wrong way in this league with just your infatuation over these players. And everybody just tells you, like, what are you thinking, man? And, you know, you double down, and that's fine. I don't I, – I, like I said earlier, I respect you for that, but – I will give you this. I think some people, myself included, you get some unwarranted hate because your your takes are so unique, and it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Like like the Philip Lindsay love, like, yeah, he doesn't fumble, but, like, what, what else is he going to do? And it could be a joke. It could not be, but, like, Philip Lindsay, and then before it was Austin Eckler. Now, Austin Eckler turned out. He was great when uh, Melvin Gordon was with the Chargers, too. But it just comes out of nowhere. Like, last year was also, like, J.D. McKissick. Like, wh- why uh, was he so Last year was Cordero. Or two years ago, whatever. Whenever you had J.D. McKissick, you, like, yeah. lost him. Because I had, like, seven catches a game. Because I had Gibson. Because I had Gibson, too. Yeah. You also had – I think you had Devontae Booker when Lindsey was on the Broncos and Lindsey beat him out. Yep, so. I did. Yeah, I can. I. I mean, I. I'm here for it. I'm here for the chirping. But you know, I'm probably going to be in the playoffs, and I hope people get pissed when I do. So I'm going to tell you why it's not Burks. That's who's the worst fantasy player. Is because he's never been in a garbage bowl. I don't think. But yeah, I don't know. It's probably Burks. <laughs> <laughs> so he ends with it's probably Burks. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I don't think Vertz has been in the garbage bowl, right? I'm gonna quickly look, but like I'm like okay, back to what Zach said. We almost named the freaking thing after Lang. I mean, if he doesn't have that championship, where where are we ranking him? I wonder what people are saying. Yeah. It's so interesting to see the perspectives. Like, okay, you're not in a garbage bowl. Okay, you don't pay attention. Okay, your win loss record. Okay, how often are you on the waiver wire? Whatever it is, like, it takes a lot to be pointed out as the worst? Not really. I mean, I've been pointed out as the worst because of random players that I've become infatuated with. It actually didn't really have to do with making the garbage bowl or being bad. Like, Burst is getting a lot of hate because he's just a horrible drafter and makes terrible trades. I mean, your draft picks haven't been that great either, though. Yeah, but, you know, it seems to work out pretty well at the end of the year. So I don't know, man. I think I think Burt's... It sucks because our garbage bowl isn't determined on the final standings of the entire league because the 2019 
and 2020 has him as 12th. Now, he's never lost the entire league, but he's definitely been in the game, I think. I think he's definitely had to fight to not be the loser of the entire league and do the punishment. Oh, I know he's been fighting. He's fought two or three years that I've been here where he's literally been dead last and fought himself out of it. We interrupt this podcast segment to bring you some audio that was sent after we finished recording the episode by league member Adam Berg. He uh, had some pretty vicious words to say about a league member and had also brought up allegations that may or may not be perceived well by members of the league. Um, I apologize, the recording is not the best quality, but at the same time, it not being the best quality makes it that much more better, in my opinion. So let's see what uh, Adam had to say. Who's the worst player in our league? You know, I have a feeling most people are going to gravitate towards one guy here, to be totally honest with you. I can't get on board with that, nor do I think it's a fair assessment. Let it be known, Vertsy. I love you. I love having you in this league, and I think you're an excellent franchise owner. I'm excited to compete in the years to come, and I can't wait to do business with you. But seriously, back to the topic. There's only one name that immediately came to my mind when I heard this question. Hands down, without question, the franchise owner of the pen, Zach Zabrowski. I mean, what an embarrassment to this league. What an embarrassment to his family, his friends, to the great state of Wisconsin. Not saying I can confirm nor deny, but rumor has it there are whispers of an underground vote to replace him. A coup, if you will, by the powers that be. Again, I can't confirm nor deny, and I did say these are rumors of whispers. So, take that however you will. So, unfortunately, uh, we received this message after we finished recording, and we are now gathered here for Zabo's comments on the pretty abusive attack on his character and his family and this and his participation in this league and uh that honestly man what are your thoughts on that so we did get this recording yeah, i'm recording out of my deal but the moment so i hope this is good quality for <laughs> um i guess my initial reaction was uh kind of started to see a lot of aaron Rodgers in my organization instead of the pen maybe i should call him the packers for saying you know a lot of controversial things that has created a stigma in this league. But uh, like the Packers, I mean, I'm in the playoffs every year besides two. And, you know, I just – I haven't had that juice. Neither has Rodgers in the playoffs. And uh, I'm here for it. Uh, every single postseason, I'm hoping things get weird. And just like 2011, the Packers can bring back a chip. Maybe. I mean, everybody keeps bringing your name up. I don't care how many playoff appearances you've had. I mean, that's got to say something. You know, it's kind of like the eye test. We always talk about, like, Russell Westbrook and, like, how he's so good or not good. Like, he may give you the stats, but eye test is telling you, like, he's not it. And I think people are starting to realize that your team and organization may not be it. But, like, don't let this fool you from what also Berg was doing there. I mean, did you see the way he buttered up 
Vertsy right there. I mean, he's just getting ready for the season. Are we just going to allow that to happen? I yeah, mean, there definitely I, should. Go ahead, sure. No, I mean, I was just going to say, basically, I don't know how like much the rumors are true about the coup. Like, that's pretty big allegations to be thrown <laughs> out there into the league and into the cir- circle. So, like, that's to me, that's a big deal, and that might be brought up in the chat when this is when this is released. People are obviously talking, and once they all hear this, you know, cat's out the bag. The hard truth is out the bag, and this could be the hard truth. So we'll find out. Tabo, any finishing comments? Uh, no, I'd just like to say I, uh, I respect Berg's organization, and like I said earlier in the podcast, I do like how Berg sets himself up with trade talks, you know, butter inverts up for another trade. Even though... Uh, Burt's actually won the trade against Berg this year. That was that was a nice touch. I like that, Berg. All right. Well, I mean, that's going to do it. We're going to apologize ahead of time if the audio is a little screwed up. Um, as obviously, Zach, uh, we're thank we're going to thank you for coming to this emergency meeting. And yeah, that's going to do it. Back to the podcast. These people that are saying Zabo, I mean, Nick talks about being mediocre in the chat. I mean, is Zabo the new mediocre? <laughs> We're comparing me to Nick right now? No, I'm just saying, are you, the, are you the definition of mediocre? I can't say that because he has more playoff appearances and a better record than me all time. I'm not going to call him, like, the definition of mediocre. But, like, he clearly has a stigma in this league, I think, too. Um I can't believe I'm backing you up, Loki, right now. But I mean, you're only I mean, five games, Dylan. You're not wrong. You're I mean, only five I, games over 500. You're only five games over 500, though, in eight years. I mean, that's one game. That's not even a game a year. Okay. So, like, 500. That's a pretty average player, wouldn't you say? I mean, would wouldn't you argue that making the playoffs matter, or are you saying making the playoffs doesn't matter? I, it, it definitely does. I'll give you that. So management okay. throughout the season does. All right. But I also and, think and there's I think different, Nick, there's I think different Nick had a good point about saying most of the league is luck. I mean, we could just go out on a whim and say Joel is lucky. <laughs> but no one's going to say that. But why wouldn't they? I mean, realistically, I bet you. Okay, so we've heard Verts and we've heard Zabo. We've heard my name. I mean, what other names have we heard? The worst person in the league. Is that it? We've got... Like, We've got Verts, Liam, Zabo, and Unich. Yep. Okay, right? And, and I'm just going to point something out. I mean, when I was here, I mean, Levi's 12 games under 500, but no one said him. Two playoff appearances. That's it. I mean, Jordan touched on it, but. Like, like you said, like there's stigmas in the league that people, well, first of all, I don't think anyone knows like all the stats, but there's just people that you think are either just shit a.k.a. Verts because of how he drafts and how he trades, or me, a.k.a. players I fall infatuated with. I think I think there's a lot of respect in the league where people don't actually say who they think, and I think that's a real thing. So you're saying people don't respect you? No, I'm saying they are saying certain people are the worst because of their stigmas. Oh. I, I just explained it. I mean, I also would be – I mean, I know you just said it, but, like, I mean, yeah, I don't think you're respected – I really don't. Yeah, and that's okay. I, I win. I think it's because, like, 
a lot of different players that are picked, like their upside is way – like their risk-reward is way higher. And I think that's normal in fantasy football. Yet Zach will take the J.D. McKissick who's going to get you 11 points with seven catches for 25 yards, whatever it is. And, like, it's hard to argue that because it is 11 points a game from a player. And, like, sometimes I would get three from a guy or sometimes I get 30. So there's oh, something yeah. to say in playing like that. But I think that's wise because not a lot of players play that way. They take a guys that have the upside, right? Once, a wide receiver gets hurt, they pick someone that's going to be a gunslinger, right? Once PPR was introduced to the league, I got really flirtatious with receiving backs. That's where Eckler started, then McKissick, and now Cornell. Yeah, he's so, got a point, man. I I guess we really did not bring up like the switch to PPR. Like that kind of changed a lot. When did that happen? Do we know? I wanna hear middle of college. There is a year. There is a year I had the first overall pick. It might have been the inaugural year or the second year that I picked Aaron Rodgers in the first round. I did too. I, I want to say. For sure. I know for a fact, ever since I've been in the league, it's been PPR. So since 2019, for sure. Yeah, middle of college, I was thinking. So that's probably right. So it's at least from 2018. That's the farthest back draft that is available to be looked at. Oh, yeah. Once... And when was 2018? Who was picked? 2018 was definitely a PPR year. Um, I'm seeing you taking Aaron Rodgers in the fourth round. It's not as bad as that kicker. I would love to know what draft that was. I mean, we're probably not going to be able to see. Oh, it was – yeah, it was this draft. It was 2018, Greg Zerline, round seven. Let's give him Unreal. a little break. You can, so I joined, in, you no, so I joined in 2018. Okay, so I have four years actually, so my record is actually not correct. Yeah, it's kind of messed up because, like, some teams were replaced and their records are combined, blah, blah, blah. So. Yep, yep. It's been four years. I thought it was been three. That that's interesting. Yeah, so you might be even worse than you think you are. I could very well could, or it could be better, or it could be better. We don't know this. <laughs> Our sponsor for today's video is LP Fit. LP Fit is a workout program directed by Levi Pratt. LP Fit is making new revelations in the fitness world, such as increasing ninja focus skills giving you partner spotting tips, and then working on your diet, such as using Velveeta and Ranch for helpful recovery. For more, follow Levi Pratt Fit on Instagram to get more helpful tips and programs to help your workout routine. And let's get back to the podcast. The fields, plays, are Verts and Zabo. That's what the field is saying. Okay. I mean, you were thrown in there, but sure. I mean, Liam. Well, me and Liam were both thrown in there, but we also both had one vote. Where Verts and Zabo each had more than one vote. That's why I said that. I would love to hear your guys's, and we can start with Zabo. Just, just to get on Lang again. Um, he was my pick for worst player. I mean, we almost had to name the garbage bowl the Lang Bowl after a couple of years, and you know, Lang's been a guy who like. I questioned some of his picks, too. Like, I'm not a big Zeke guy. Maybe he was, but him taking him in the first round last year, I was just out on it. I was out. Um, he's minus 11 games. I mean, without that <laughs> without that chip he got because Jones set his lineup, I mean, he, he has the toughest look in the league. And if we were to put everyone's record up and, like, not show their names, everyone would choose it. I think everyone would choose it. The record's really bad. 
The record is bad. It's really but like, bad. I, I, I don't know how <laughs> I can talk to you. It's not even close. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. Like I said earlier, too, like, I know Lang knows his shit. I'm not sure where it's going wrong for him either. So Lang so. has 29 wins. And if these are correct, Berg in three years has 25 wins. And Lang's been for six. Yeah, that's that's not a good look. I mean, the one playoff, he never made the playoffs in previous years. Yeah, so he had one year where he made the playoffs, basically. Oh, man. I know I got this up in front of me, and you guys don't, but I'm looking at Lang's draft from 2018, and oh, my. <laughs> give us the first three picks. Just give us the first three. Keenan Allen at 12, Leonard Fournette on Jacksonville at 13, Alex Collins at 36, Golden Tate at 37. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember really those guys back then, but they weren't Alex good. Collins did not work. I yeah, I was just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you that right now. I'm I'm curious to know also. So I have like a list in front of me. Who's your top three? My top in, three in order. Do you have that or no? Um. Well, number one is Joel. I think uh, us all three of us will have Joel's number one, unless you didn't pay attention to the stats. Um. Then I had Berg. Just because the dude wins every time I play him, I'm nervous unless I have Nick Chubb on my team. Um, and then three, I think I went Jordan. I didn't put myself in there because I didn't want to chip and I didn't want to hear that from people. So, I, do you I, think you're top three then? No, I mean I think I always have a chance every year. But uh, I can I think... tell you right now on my list that you're you're looking up at the top three. Really. Well, I appreciate that. But I, I think I put Jordan three or four. So I, I put, I'll go Joel, then Berg, then Jordan. In my order is very similar. I'd go, I'd go at this current moment. I'm talking just pure, like, conversations I've had with them, how they are as a manager, the decisions they make, how they make moves through the course of the year. Jordan seems to always find some good waiver pickups. So I'd have Jordan second behind Joel, just purely off of, at this point, Joel's been so dominant every year, just consistently getting there. But Jordan also has more top three finishes than Joel. So, like, it's them two for me that stick. Well, then Joel's got three more playoff appearances. That's where that comes in, right? I mean, it's the whole Jordan-LeBron debate. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, it just when Jordan's got a good team and he figures it out, I mean, you got to talk about, like, the breaks and stuff. Well, his record is 52 and 51. I know mine's not too far off from that. (laughs) <laughs> so what I'm saying is like mine's better. So Liam's Liam's got a positive record and you didn't put him above it. Yeah, you know, I mean, we we did we touch base on Jones already? Yeah, we did. A little um, bit, a little I, bit. I just I just think Jones is like a good regular season team. Like that's the way I view him. I I mean, he struggles to make the playoffs, but like I always feel like he's winning at least against me. He beats me. I've noticed that. Like I mean, I will get my record personally. I don't think that I don't think that means shit towards. So what do you look at then? If you're not looking at the record, obviously Zach's looking at record. We've established that. I just know personally, obviously, because I pay, I get very invested in the season. That like I've had some brutal, brutal seasons off of literal injuries. True. I mean, I mean, the year I lost it all, I had five torn ACLs. It's unheard of. It's unheard of. <laughs> okay. Five. So what are not you even like a different through? injury, like purely season-ending injuries. So you're saying there's only so much managing you can actually do before it just goes down the shitter? 
in some in some years, yes, one hundred percent. So for the people that said Verts and Zach, I guess Zach is like a better record, but like Verts is under five hundred. Like, how many years does it go under the shitter for him? I'm talking about Verts. Ver- I'm just looking at the people with the low wins, like Verts and Levi, both have. I don't. I don't view Verts like in that light when I'm thinking of him as a worst fantasy manager. I know I didn't get to get to my pick. I mean, obviously I'd stay with Verts because I mean, I just know how he manages and it just sometimes it's just puzzling and that kind of stuff. Like I know that like I target the guys that are struggling in the league in that current year to kind of post their roster a little bit, but so your bottom guy is Verts. Yeah. Okay. And that's, a, that's been the common answer and the common theme, but like, that's my reason, like pure managerial style. Like I just don't, he, he makes me question things. Joel and Jordan were your top two. Yeah. yeah your third? I'd have to go Adam. I would have to go Adam at three, just current form. I just think that he's just put together the last two seasons, the players that he's chosen. Like he knows, he knows his price on his players as well as his players have very, have been very good for him. Darnell Mooney was a great pick for him last year. I can remember off the top of my head. Justin Jefferson was great. Hunter Renfro performed very well for him. I, yep. If I'm mistaken, he had Kamara too. Like, he just had a really yeah. good team last year. He was definitely a threat to Yeah, finish. Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So, like, I just think that he's he's very smart when it comes to drafting. My top two were the exact same. And actually, my top three were the exact same. However, I'm stirring the pot. Small sample size. I'm harping on this championship I should have. I don't have it, but I'm going to harp on it because I put myself with Berg. I did for tied for third. I mean, I would have put myself in there if I didn't have the last three seasons I had. I think you, three years ago, you look at the records then, you look at the history of the league, I think I was right up there near the top. But yep. obviously things haven't went my way, and that's fine. And, you know. You just turn the page. That's all it is. I'm just very – I would. I will say I'm very relieved to hear that nobody had threw my name in the ring for worst in the league, nor was I mentioned even just kind of as another thought. So, um, Booby, I hate to be that guy. I mean, I didn't have time, but I did do honorable mentions for worst players. Mm-hmm. And I did do one-half vote Booby, one-half vote Verts. Okay. And it basically just had to do with, like – you get so hyped up for the draft. I remember this last year. We were all like trying to sit by each other and have a good time. You're like, no, man, I'm going over here. And you had like all your sheets. Yep. And then you took Booby Sanders early. And then actually Booby Sanders. We didn't like, even get to Booby Sanders. I know. We didn't even talk about how Dylan like had a long stretch where everything he would say was just completely wrong. And it's just bad luck, but there was that was a thing for a while. No, hundred percent was. I mean, my argument against, uh, I mean, I'm going to ride for Booby forever, but I mean, if you look at him, he had zero touchdowns last year. (laughs) Yeah. That, that's not, that's not a, that's not his fault. Like that's the play calling That's Jalen Hurts. That's everything. Like he's a, he's literally a borderline top 20 running back, probably around where I picked him. If he scores his projected touchdowns that he had, his opportunities were just, he just didn't cash in on them. I'd, yeah, I'd be careful with the play calling because the Eagles did make the playoffs. Like, they, they weren't a bad team. Well, I'm not they saying great. that they were bad because – like, I'm not saying that they were bad and it would have been better if they used them in that role. I'm just saying that his – he just had a really unfortunate fantasy walk. And I think that – I mean, you know, I'm going to save 
what I was about to say for the pre-draft special. So I didn't get to get in my last, who I think is the bottom feeders of the league. And I, I had a tie. I couldn't really pick one. Um, my One of them was Verts. And this is purely just because of my experience having with Verts. And we kind of touched on this, but like, Whenever he offers me a trade, I, I, it's so lopsided his way. It's like you actually think someone's going to accept that. I mean, you have to be drunk and high. And yeah. I really think he thinks some of those players are worth what that's worth. Well, he might be drunk and high in the moment, so I wouldn't rule that out. <laughs> well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of the times where, like, I mean, why wouldn't you go in with an offer that is way better than what they'd be getting back? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's just kind of the art of the deal. Like, I, mean, I do that. I guess, but like, but there's certain people in the league that I respect on a level that I would come to them like straight up, be like, let's work something out. I'm not going to bullshit you. Like, let's I make just a had conversations trade. with people about Virch sending them a trade, and it's like, really, man? Like, you don't think that, do you? And you, you can't think that. That's, I mean, he fights himself out of garbage bowls, he manages pretty well, but like his trades and then some of his draft position is just some questionable stuff there. And then my second one for a tie was just, like, with Levi. I mean, kind of like how Zach said, some guys you play and you just know you're going to win. The three years that I've been here, Levi has had some hurt players, so he's patching together lineups. And he's doing the best he can, but at the same time, I'm like, I, sh- I should win this this week. So Yeah, I mean, to harp on what Jordan said in his answer was that, like, Levi's just not very exciting, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like, he just hasn't really – until this past year, he really he had, hadn't put together a year that I was like, wow, he's a, he's a legit threat here. Yeah. Didn't didn't Krieger say that I wasn't a legit threat either? He did, and I, I think a lot of the majority of the league would agree with that just because not so much at the bottom, but, like, mediocrity. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have a better record than Krieger, so I guess I got that to hang on his head. But, like, like – even then, we, me, Dylan, and you put Jordan above. And I think it has to do with, like, managerial styles. I mean, am I wrong to say that, Booby? No, I think, I think you're right. I think you're I, I right. put I put Kriegs over me because of the chip. I, I mean, that, that's where I was going with that. I mean, a chip, you got to have, like, another level of you – get, you, got, you got it done one year. So, 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 Lang, so Lang's better than me. Nope. I think you might have more wins than Lang by the end of next season. Okay, but he's got the chip. I we need to write that down. We need to write that down right now. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody clip that. One guy we haven't talked about a lot. I guess two guys are just like Reed and Nick, who are arguably two of the top scorers in the league. I mean, I know Adam scores a lot of points. But like when I think of scores, like I can't tell you how many times we talk in the chat and Reed's like, Mitch, look at my score. And he literally has like over 200 points a game or – He's doing something where he's at top three in points scored, yet bottom of the league. So, like, yeah, I think scores. those two, specifically Reed, is, like, hard to figure out. I mean, because he's made the playoffs half the years. I mean, are we going to say shit happens, so half those years could be whatever? He's got a chip. He's got one. Yeah. You know what we should have done is we should have posted all these records with all these things in the chat to see who they would vote as the worst player. I wonder if that would have influenced. Well, we're going to hear it in the chat after this, and – I know, Zach, I saw these, and I still, like, I, like you think you're going to win against me every week? I think I'm winning against you nine times out of ten. Yeah, that, that's weird based off of recent history. But anyways. One game. Fun. It's one game. What do you mean of recent history? I'm pretty sure in – Dylan, can you look this up? Last year, 
if I beat Zach twice <laughs> in the regular season. Yeah, you might get back to you on that. I mean, that's gonna hurt if I didn't, but I'm almost positive. I'm gonna say it. Like you could, you could quote me and mark it. Zach is mediocrity because he picks mediocre players: Cordell well, Patterson, J.D. McKissick. Well, those players got me a better record than some people in your top three. That's all I'm saying. You were gonna say me, so it feels good. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> feels good. That was it kind of introducing all of our managers and organizations in this league. We'd love to hear your input on them, especially the league guys, because they didn't hear any of these stats. Now that they've heard them, we're going to hear it in the chat. And, you know, this is the hard truth. This is your record. This is what you've done in the past years. Whether you've been here three years, whether you've been here eight, you know, you're going to hear it. So that's the hard truth there, fellas. Um, so going on throughout the year, um, why the loser is so important to us? is because we probably should have a punishment. Now, we do. And going back to what I said earlier, Lang had the 10th pick three years in a row, and one of those years he lost it all and then had to wear the skirt out and then have the 10th pick again. So that sucks. So we've had a punishment, but in recent years, it has not been getting done. Like, it's not taken seriously. Why is that? It's just a horrible time for me to get back to you about what you asked. Um, The Penn actually lost to... Mitchell's team last year, 134 to 104 in week three. Thank thank you. Thank you. So, like, one game. And what was the score to our other game? Can we look at that? Can we look at the playoff game? Mitch, I don't think anyone's going to care about winning a regular season game over a playoff game. No, honest. I'm just – It think was 111 to 106. God. I mean, what a quarter of Patterson and have 90? I don't know. I don't know how you – Probably didn't play. Point being is that – just like you harp on players, you harp on these little things that literally have no advantage gain at all. Back to just circle back on what the topic you just brought up because it was a really bad time for me to interject. That's um, all right. The punishment, though. The punishment, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm largely responsible for the reason that I haven't completed mine yet. I know that's a huge issue. I care about the integrity of the league deeply. Um, and obviously, in recent weeks, me and Jordan have – been collaborating on when we're going to do this. It's going to be done before the season starts. can assure you that. Um, I just think that a lot of it has to do, I mean, in recent years, I mean, we've all kind of moved on and begun new part of new parts of our lives. And it used to be a big gathering when we do these kind of things. It'd be a, a special occasion, the punishment of the league. And we've had some great memories doing that. And I think that like through, I don't know if COVID really was a large part of it, but just kind of getting everybody together in one spot. And, I mean, I just don't want to do my punishment in a couple of weeks and have one person show up and take a picture of me, and that's it. Like, I'd like to actually feel embarrassed in front of everybody else. So, I mean, that's personally me. That's what I've always said. And, uh, I yeah, I just, I just feel bad that I haven't been able to get it done in a timely manner. And, I mean, I don't want it to result in – an extra punishment as well. I don't know how we can enforce something. This is going to be something we'll have to bring up with the whole league, but there needs to be accountability more towards getting the punishment done in a timely manner than in years past. And maybe something more convenient. I don't know if that is possible given the severity of the punishments we like to choose, but <laughs> yeah, that's my, uh, that's my take on it. I think like you said, you want to be around people when you do it. 
I just want to make sure it gets done, even if it's with a smaller group, because I just have a feeling, right? If it was me in the bottom, like you probably hear it a lot. Like people are harping on you to get it done. Right, Booby? Oh yeah, of course. Right. And it's like, I would just rather have something in place, even if it's a small group, just so like you said, hold that integrity up. So it's good to hear that you're talking to Jordan um, and doing that. So we'll have to figure out what that can be um, in the near future here. And so. the, and this coming to your punishment needs to be decided probably at the draft, which I mean, probably at the draft. Yeah, that's a good, it's yeah. a good idea. So speaking of the draft though, we uh, we're drafting here um, on Labor Day weekend on a Sunday. We're going to be back in Wisconsin by Levi's house at Pops Pub. So just this past year, we have started using a paperboard, which has been super fun. I mean, I don't know about you guys. That was the most fun I've had doing anything fantasy-wise. 100%. It's the best way to do it. And we obviously didn't do it like that for a long time. I remember a couple of years ago sitting in my basement at my uh, old house with the boys and just sitting there cooped up in a giant – it wasn't even a FaceTime. A Zoom meeting. It was literally a Zoom meeting, and everybody was in there, and we were all drafting. But it's way better in person. We obviously share some drinks and have a good time after. So, obviously, it's gotta be, that's got to be a tradition moving forward. So, it's random every year, though. So, every year, no matter 100%, what hundred percent. I hate this. Like, I hate this. Really? Zabble? I don't. I don't mind it. I mean, I kind of like – like people not tanking for sure. That's the whole point of it was because we had tanking allegations that kick people out because they're like, Oh, well my season shot. Maybe I can just miss the garbage bowl or blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it's a good thing for the league. We definitely didn't always do it random, Mitch. I know you're obviously new to the league in a way, yep. but yeah, like that was a huge issue back in the day. And since we've gone random, I just feel like that's the most fair. Like every given year is different. Like it's fantasy football. Like we're not in a dynasty league or anything. No, like we're draft. We're we're gonna get random draft order, and you know every season's random in itself. So I, I get that. I personally think that that should never change. I get why it's random, but I just hate it because I understand the odds of it are so low. But Lang had it three years or two years in a row. Like that would just suck. Like I would lose some, some, not all, a lot, but lose some motivation picking that low because like, I don't think I've ever had a top three pick in any fantasy football league I've been in, honestly. So like not saying like, yeah, you want to tank. I don't think people would do that in this league. I think the integrity I think is high enough now where we could hope people wouldn't do that. And then obviously if it does, you know, we, we call up our good old commission. We have a group conversation, but like, I think where you finish should be really how you, determine draft order normally on draft nights they get pretty wild so i'm sure we'll have some stories for everybody on that because we can record on the go with the anchor app so i'm i'm excited for this i think we got a lot of information out there with this i had fun getting this together i've been really antsy to talk on this thing as zach can tell yeah no i'm i'm looking forward uh this continuing to be i'm hoping that we can do this multiple times a week two is a good number um, mm-hmm. obviously we wanted to introduce the league, but I think that we're going to talk a lot about sports in general. Um, we don't want this podcast just to be during the football season. So once basketball comes around, that's going to be a huge talking topic. I know us three all love to talk hoops, talk hoops regularly. So for sure, definitely going to talk some hoops, definitely going to talk some NFL stuff and just probably some of the top news stories in the sports world every week. Yep. 
Yep, I agree. And we're definitely going to have some stories from this episode in the group chat. So we will uh, catch you guys later, probably next week. So, all right, we're out. All right, perfect. All right, the pen out. Props to you guys if you made it this far. Love you.